Hello, Savannah everyone. Welcome to Freedom's <coughs> Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, September 3rd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 83. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 83, which begins with, the spiritual life is not a theory and ends with, would make a skeptic out of anyone. Today's readers are Sam S., Kathy M., Reva P., and Katie G. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, September 2nd, 2021 are 17,675 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17675 and 17,676 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17676. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sam S. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks for leading the 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10 continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12 having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Sam S. I will now ask Kathy M. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Kathy M. from Michigan, a recovered compulsive overeater, recovered just for today. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And I thank you for allowing me to do service, and I wish everybody a wonderful day. I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 83, which begins with 
the spiritual life is not a theory and ends with would make a skeptic out of anyone. I will now ask Reva P. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. So good morning. I am Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I love the first line. Um, I am really good with ideas and analyzing and thinking and talking about stuff. But this is such a great reminder that if I want to recover and live a spiritual life, it's about action, not about talking. I can study the big book. I can talk about things at meetings. But if I don't actually apply and implement these steps in my day-to-day life, I'm missing the point. I'm missing the point. And um, I've shared this before, and somebody once uh, said this at a meeting, and I love the analogy. You know, the meetings, the phone calls, it's like the football huddle. It's like we're huddling together. We're coming up with strategies and plans. But if I don't go out of the huddle and play the game, I'm missing the point. And this is about playing the game. This is learning about how to live. I was not living I was surviving and using food um, to deal with things, and it really didn't work very well. Um, so I love that reminder. Um, I've also learned, you know, taking the action. It's easy when I'm on the line and everybody's so charged up and like, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, yay, yay. Um, but what happens when it's sort of quiet and I'm a little bit tired and you know, middle of the day, I'm not so motivated. So I have learned I don't have to want to do this. I don't have to like doing it. I just have to get up and move a muscle and take the action. Um, And a lot of times it's easy to say, oh, you know, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Um, But yeah, it just takes one next right thing and one next right thing. Um, And I don't always like it, but when I do it, I get the results, whether I like it or not. It's sort of like going to the gym. If I do the weights and go on the treadmill, I get the benefit whether I wanted to or not be there. Um, And then I love this sentence, our behavior will convince them more than our words, which is such a great reminder that it's about attraction and not promotion. And if I keep doing the same negative, destructive behavior, people do get skeptical. Um, And that's why this whole reminder in all these paragraphs, it's not about saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's about actually changing for the better. Um, And my demonstration, my behavior, will convince people um, that I'm on the right path. And I find that in the meetings. When I see people overcome obstacles and challenges and how they handle some of the really difficult um, circumstances in life, that convinces me that this works more than any talk. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reba P., for getting us started. Okay, now 
we, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page 83, the spiritual life is not a theory through would make a skeptic out of anyone, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last Initial. Shanna C. Nancy T. Sandy S. Tina S. Rachel K. Okay. Um, I missed a lot of names, so I'm going to tell you. Rebecca F. Star one to unmute your phone, please. We lost you, Rebecca. Wow, thanks, Katie. I didn't know I was muted. Shannon, what was your last initial? Shanna C. C. And then Nancy, what was your last initial? Nancy T. As in Tom. Thank you, Sandy or Shandy. What was your last initial and the correct name? Sandy S is in Sandy. Sandy S. Tina, what was your last initial? S is in Sam. S is in Sam. Someone whose last name begins with an O. Michelle. O. Michelle, M I C H E L L E. Just one L. Thanks for asking. One L. Gotcha, Michelle. Okay. And then Rachel, what was your last initial? Well, I know there was a Rachel. Okay, and then if you said your it name, was Ra- it was Rachel K. I'm sorry, I was muted again. No, that's okay. That's okay, Rachel K. Okay, and if you said your name already, and I didn't just ask you a question about it, try again. Lisa B. Sam, Sam S. Okay, Lisa B. And Sam S. And was there Barbara? Okay, before Barbara, who was that? Hmm. There's someone trying to get in. Okay, I got you, Barbara E. Okay, that's a big lineup. And that last person, if you want to try one more time, you could. Okay. I think someone's unmuting. Okay. Shannon C, Nancy T, Sandy S, Tina S, Michelle O, Rachel K, Lisa B, Sam S, and Barbara E. Shannon C, go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, Thank you. I was unmuted. This is Shannon C, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater through God's grace and uh, this program, um, and I'm from East Tennessee. Um, grateful to be on the line this morning, and uh, this paragraph just reminds me again of, of what a miracle it is that I'm abstinent, and not only abstinent, but uh, free from the obsession of of trying to manage control, um, you know, my food, because <laughs> I can't, um, and my own power. and uh, 
learning and growing and understanding and effectiveness through living in 10, 11, 12, because I've gone through the steps uh, with another compulsive eater that was able to, to guide me through this and to gain access to a power by which I could live, um, power greater than myself, obviously, and, and to form a relationship with that power. Um, and because my recovery actually isn't dependent upon other people, uh, you know, agreeing with what I'm doing. Uh, it's not dependent upon people. It's dependent upon uh, my relationship with the God of my understanding that I come to know through taking the action of these steps. It's, a, it's an unbelievable thing. Um, and uh, I, I get emotional when I think about it because uh, to think that, that my dark past, uh, the thing that I'm most ashamed of, have been most ashamed of my entire life is the very thing that this power greater than myself can actually use to uh, basically give people proof that he exists. Um, because there's no way, no shape, no way, no way um, I could be doing what I'm doing with food uh, without a miracle happening in my life and evidence of a, of a power greater than myself. And my, you know, my family let me know that. And it talks about that in this paragraph. We don't, talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters, they will change in time. You know, and since since uh, surrendering my will in life uh, over to the care of God as I've understood him, um, especially with the food, and people have seen the tangible evidence, the weight loss, the health, the, the, the increase of vibrant spirit, you know, all of the things, the happiness. My, you know, people in my family have started changing their habits too. It's not as, they're not joining away. <laughs> they're not doing it exactly the way that I'm doing it, but they're they're seeing something at work. They're praying more. They're more willing to believe, and I'm just so grateful that because of these steps, I'm able to see that evidence happening in those around me as well, and that encourages my own faith. So anyway, grateful to be able to I'll be on the line and share this morning. Um, and uh, that that's it. That's it. So grateful, and uh, you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you, Shannon C. from East Tennessee. Nancy T. Good morning. Thanks so much. This is Nancy T., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'm grateful to be on the phone this morning. Great paragraph. I One of my um, very favorite, because it's quite telling about um, the action I need to take if I want to remain recovered. And I'm going to just kind of focus on the first line. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And they it's so important, again, that they put the we have to live it in italics. I was told early on in my recovery that when they put things in the italics, they paid extra for it way back when because it wasn't just a font on a computer. And so it's that's action I have to take. I have to live it. That's how I stay in recovery is my spiritual connection. And so um, what does that look like for me today? Well, I pray. I talk to my higher power. And I don't um, dial into my higher power and then tell him what I'm going to do today. I say, what would you have for me this day? How can I be of service to you? How can I be of service to my fellows? And then I ask him for the whatever I need to follow through on what is revealed to me. And then what does it look like? Well, it, you know, it has to be changing. You know, the, the big book calls for me to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. So that takes more action. I have to be actively pursuing 
a relationship with a power greater than myself. So if I start getting stagnant and things start seeming rote, I'm saying the same words every morning, I'm doing the same prayers every morning, then I have to change it up. And so maybe I'll find a new inspirational book. Maybe I'll find some inspirational podcasts that I can listen to. Maybe I'll find a a big book study or something that goes more in depth into the spiritual aspect of things. Um, But I have to change it up. I can't let myself get stagnant. I've done it too many times and I end up back in the food. It's kind of the beginning of the slide back down is when I let up on my spiritual actions. And then lastly, what does it look like? How do I show up in life? How do I show up as a coworker? How do I show up as a grandmother? How do I show up as a daughter? How do I show up as a sister? And I need work in all those areas. If I am showing up to work and trying to micromanage that I get the best work, the best jobs, the biggest um, paying jobs, I'm not practicing what I say I'm trying to do. You know, I need to focus. If I'm praying in the morning for God to show me how to be of service to others, that's showing up in these different situations in my life, these different ideals in my life, looking for ways to be of service to them, not myself. That was the old way, focusing on how can I be of service to myself, and that always led me back to the food. So I have to practice it. It doesn't, I don't do it perfect every day. I need help, and that's why I have to dial in every morning, every evening, and throughout the day to say, please help me to know and do your will, not mine. Great paragraph. Thanks for letting me share. I can't wait to hear everybody else. I'll pass with that. Thank you, Nancy T. Um, Sandy S. is going to be next, but in case you got on late, I thought I'd just let you know what we're sharing on, and that is the second paragraph on page 83, The Spiritual Life is Not a Theory. Go ahead, Sandy S. Hi, this is Sandy S., Recovered compulsive overeater and bring from bipolar disorder. Um, the spiritual life is not probably one of the worst days in my life. And it wasn't because of anyone else. It was because I was so emotionally dysregulated. I was so depleted. I've shared my husband has cancer, stage three, and I am like the rehab. I've said over my dead body, will he go to a rehab? And I am the only thing standing between my husband and a rehab. And the only thing standing between that happening is my emotional balance. And I was so totally, whatever was going on in my brain yesterday, I just could not get balanced. And finally, what this is my higher power, said I had to totally surrender doing anything, which is hard for me. I'm a very disciplined, motivated, unlazy, take responsibility for everything type person. You know, I'm not a sherper. I was experienced total powerlessness over my ability to function. And I had to surrender and do nothing and really pray, not to push myself, not to force myself, but just to do whatever would be soothing and nurturing for me. I don't feel I have character defects. I have emotional wounds. And I, today, I'm on day one, like as if I was just became abstinent, 
And I've shared I've been abstinent for 45 years. And every day I have never let up because I never want to go back to the way I was, ever. And so today is like day one of surrendering, of really doing less, which is very hard for me. And I just want the the foundation of my abstinence, and everyone is different, my recovery is radical honesty about what I'm experiencing. I don't want to do a spiritual bypass. It can lead me to a relapse from which I'd rather commit suicide than ever have a relapse. It would be a kinder, gentler thing. But just to really get in touch with what do I need to do today not to be of service to someone else because I can't be of service unless I'm emotionally regulated. And I can't be emotionally regulated unless I'm in some kind of relationship with a higher power, which I have a lot of difficulty with. I don't believe in a higher power. I believe, I mean, I just don't feel it. When people talk about their relationships, I'm very happy for them. That's not what I have. All I have is open to the evidence that God can transform my brain. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. Tina S. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting, great paragraph. Uh, you know, through all the shares and especially the, for the first, I was like, you know, shaking my head up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me, me. You know, um, I'm so grateful that I really uh, belong in this meeting and um, very grateful to a power greater than myself. And, you know, I too, the first sentence, spiritual life is not a theory. I'm a great talker. I got great ideas. <laughs> I can tell you what to do and how to do it, you know, but am, am I really living it? Am I demonstrating this stuff? one day at a time, you know, and, and, and that's where it's at. That's really where it is, you know. And, and one of the things that I also love is it talks about, you know, our behavior will convince them more than our words. Duh. You know, because I've been talking for a long time, <laughs> you know. But the good news about, you know, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous and the spiritual awakening is that I get to make a decision on step three, and I get to follow the specific instructions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on how to change. You know, and and I get to do that one day at a time, you know, no matter what goes on in my life, you know, and I also heard I don't have to like it, I don't have to want to do it. That's what I was told a long time ago. Just matters if I do it. Am I demonstrating this deal in my life today? Am I being there for others? Am I suiting up and am I showing up? You know, am I being present in my relationships? That's something I get an opportunity to do today that I never, never was able to do before I got here. You know, and it is all about the change. You know, because if I'm the same person, I'm going to eat again. I'm the same person. Those people in my life are going to say, oh, maybe not, you know. But as a changed person, you know, I'm different. And I can do today what I could never do before, only because of the God in my life. You know, and then I get to do, you know, and it it talks about all this spiritual life stuff, you know. Then we get to do this in 10, 11, and 12, you know. And I do this in the morning when I wake up. I ask God how I can be of service, what I can do for the man who's still sick today. And every time I say that in my prayers in the morning, I'm amazed. I had never wanted to do any of that stuff today. And today I want to do it. And great stuff. I, I too, am looking forward to hear what, what more is to be shared. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tina S. Michelle O. Good morning. Hi, this is Michelle O in Michigan. Um, 
compulsive overeater bulimic on the road to recovery. And I wanted to share this morning because um, this paragraph feels especially relevant to me. Um, I'm getting married in two days and I'm so grateful, I'm so excited. And um, there is a, a conflict that I've created in my mind, which is that I'm trying to live upon a spiritual basis and my soon-to-be husband really doesn't talk about God or pray um, or you know, act in that way. And um, I'm just trying to take this paragraph as, as a huge lesson to teach me not to have these expectations for him. And um, there's been so many ways, especially in active disease, that I have relied inappropriately on him. And I love the idea of um, seeing someone on whom he can rely in this way and even learn from, perhaps, um, in time. And uh, this morning I was just praying to have the ability to care for my body and to care for my life so that I can be of service to others. And I think that this par paragraph speaks to that. Like if I can be on a spiritual plane, I can be better service to others and maybe they will um, catch that wave and be elevated in that way. But um, again, I've just, I've relied so much on others because I couldn't care for myself. And um, I just have this vision of being lifted up. Um, and, uh, and the other thing I'll share is that uh, my family has waited a long time for me to to have a spiritual uh, relationship in my life. And the one that I have is not probably what they expected or prescribed, but um, they have shown that patience. And I know they get a lot of joy out of praying with me and talking about God with me or just hearing that word on my lips. And so um, it's certainly an example of that. And them pushing me never, um, you know, I had that, icy intellectual mountain I could not hear them and it just doesn't work <laughs> uh, even if uh, even if I wanted to it just wouldn't work so thank you for letting me share um, I would be grateful for your prayers on this big weekend in my life and thank you vision thank you for hosting this meeting Kate, uh, Rachel and I pass thank you Michelle O Rachel K Hi, this is Rachel Kay from uh, Northern California. Yeah, so love this paragraph. Let me tell you about my morning. So I'm, uh, as I said, I'm in Northern California, so it's 4.30 a.m. here. Um, so I got up at about 10 to 4. That's, that's my usual wake-up time. Um, you know, got down, not on my knees, because I have bad knees, got down on my rear end and prayed, okay? That, here's, that's the theory. That was the spiritual theory. Um, then I had a little bit of time before the meeting on my phone. I checked my work email cause I work from home and all my colleagues work on the East coast pretty much. So work has already started pretty much for them. And first in my inbox was an email that freaked me out. It was about, you know, I've got a presentation. I'm all ready to give all preparations done. That's for Monday. Here it is Friday and it shows it throws a wrench into it. Here comes the livid, okay? Already did the theory, here comes the livid. I have to live it. My first thought is, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Panic, panic, panic. And not 90 seconds ago, 
I was on the floor praying to God, turning my life over, etc. And okay, so how that that was nice. Those were nice words. How am I going to live it? Um, and and I think the first reader, you know, uh, started to speak about this, but. I love the, the, the prayer, whatever. So what? Now what? Move a muscle, change a thought. Okay? So what? So it's an email. Life is not coming to an end. Okay? Move a muscle. Make my bed. Take a breath. And ask God what the next right thing is. It's not to answer the email quickly you know, out of fear, out of panic, out of, oh, my God, to take a breath, get on the meeting, you know, listen to what the wisdom of others, you know, move a muscle, change a thought, change the thought to God. Okay, this is this is scary. I I thought I had this under control, but obviously I don't have anything under control. You know, I make plans and God laughs. Is that how it goes? I turn this over to you. You show me the next right thing. Um, this is this is not a crisis. How can I act in a loving, compassionate, kind, service-oriented way towards my coworkers, towards, you know, the people on this email? You know, I may have thought things were going to go one way. But I'm not running the show, God. You know, move a muscle, get up, listen to the meeting, wash my face, and God will show me how to respond to this email. That's the limit. You know, it it can't just be a uh, an idea. It can't just be a theory. It has to be a a practice. So what? You know, so what? I'm a little panicked. That's okay. Now what? Move a muscle change a thought, change my thoughts to God, change my thoughts to, you know, less me, more God, less Rachel, more God. I can't go wrong with that forward prayer. So anyway, thank you, everybody doing service on this meeting to make it happen. Everybody have a blessed weekend. uh, And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel K. Lisa B., Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and I spell my name L-E-S-A. This is such a powerful paragraph. The whole paragraph really is like a summary of the chapter, The Family Afterward, which is an amazing chapter to read with another recovered fellow. And, you know, my sponsor early in my recovery tried to read that with me, and I just, I wasn't able to absorb it. I even said, can we can we just not finish this? I just couldn't absorb it. It was almost too much for me. You know, in a way, this paragraph is asking a lot for a newly recovered person or any recovered person, but my very life depends on it. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because the paragraph also reminds me so much of the doctor's opinion where he outlaw, he, he lays out before me, you know, my problem. So, my problem is my answer. My answer was food, you know? So my new answer needs to become a spiritual awakening. That light turned on inside of me so I can become awakened and happy, joyous, and free rather than 
restless, irritable, and discontent. And then I share all that restless, irritable, and discontentment with my family and the people around me on the road and the stores, you know, everywhere, because that's all I know. Because staying abstinent, like living life is my problem. You know, being abstinent is my problem. So this is what I wanted to share with you as a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm awakened today, but that light can start to dim. And the way it dims is because I'm not sharing out, pouring out from me God's grace. And and that's just what I have found the way this works. The more I give out, it's not that I'm giving to get, you know. I'm I'm giving because my very life depends on constantly letting that river flow, replenish in. If I have I received the gift of grace of sobriety. And abstinence, oh, and here's another red alert. I used to think abstinence is recovery. Just like I used to think when I have a food plan, I'm abstinent. So there's crazy, crazy things in this program. Just because I'm abstinent, I'm not recovered. Just because I'm on a food plan doesn't mean I'm abstinent. And I had to learn all of that, you know. So that's why working um, with the sponsor that's awakened, that understands the doctor's opinion and understands how to take fellows through this book is what really helped me. Now I can read the family afterward and I can understand it. It's not like I get confused and get angry. I understand it because my very life depends on not only understanding it, but living it. And that chapter has been so helpful. And, you know, so today when I'm in the kitchen with my husband and I'm running short of time or running short of energy, I pray, I ask for help. And I, and I remember what the big book says, you know, my very life depends on my constant thought of others and how I may meet their needs, their happiness before my happiness, you know. So anyways, I'm so glad to be here and I'm grateful for all of you. I pass. Thanks, Lisa B. Sam S. Good morning. Sam S. Recovered compulsive. Well, eater, eater, eater. Um, paragraph to me talks, um, I think it talks about my expectations that I have for my husband, my family, and me. Um, I know I, you know, would wake up with this idea that, like, today I'm going to be this perfect, shiny example. I'm going to be super nice. I am just going to, I'm going to be amazing. And then, you know, before I know it, my claws come out and I'm taking it out on everyone. And so, of course, of course, my um, my family and especially my husband's going to be skeptical. Um, my actions are 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 so loud that he can't hear what I'm saying. Um, and I still have moments like that. You know, I have moments where I lash out and um, and I have to clean it up immediately because um, that's what I'm taught here. I have to be aware and. Um, concerned with God and his kids um and I I just can't I can't talk anymore I've done so much talking um and just like with the food for me uh you know I I wanted I wanted to to wake up and eat clean and and be good but it wasn't until the the pain of the eating um really beat me down until I was ready to put the food down and work the steps. Um, so I can't have those expectations on my family that they're going to, um, that they're going to believe me or that they're going to change because, um, I didn't, I didn't change until I was ready and maybe they'll never change. Um, you know, maybe they'll never, 
of this spiritual life, but that's not up to me, and um, and that's not what I'm, why I'm doing it. Whereas before, I think I used to, you know, I'll act this way so you can act this way. And I can still do that. Um, but when it happens, just to redirect and um, and to just go to the um, the people that help bring me back to God. Um, I'm just really grateful for this program that, like, you know, when that does happen, I have an action plan um, and I have a solution and I can go back to God and just... Um, grateful that we have a process that we can do every day so with that i pass thanks thanks sam s barbara e good morning everyone thank you moderator i didn't catch your name and to the people who shared before me brilliant i learned so much well for me i focused on the very last sentence 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. So focusing on that, like a boxer during the match, the referee counts to 10. And if you're not up before he gets to 10, you're out. But with God's help, I'll always get up to fight on before that number 10 is called and live to fight another day because I'm worth it. We're all God's children and we're worth it. My family at first didn't believe me because as it says on page 83, that 10 or 20 times, in my case, many more, of compulsive overeating and dieting would make a skeptic out of everyone. And my family and friends had been hurt so many times by Tornado Barbara. And I'd certainly heard the number 10 counted so many times before. And yes, there was a lot of reconstruction, the building back of something that might not be salvageable, but that perhaps something better could build. As little by slowly, they started to believe that I had somehow miraculously changed so that with the help of my higher power, I had not heard that phrase, she's down for the count in a long time. But that's only because today, like every day, I must ask God to direct me to show me how to be better. Recently, I've had some medical issues that sent me to the hospital, and I seriously look like a fighter who is down and out for the count. But as I was taken to the hospital, I took my God presence with me to be with me and support me. And my wonderful son went with me and stroked my forehead and sat with me every single day and even persuaded the administrator to bend the rules that allowed only one visitor at a time and allow my, through my son's persuasiveness, to allow my wonderful husband to come in to see me. And my gratitude and love and the care never would have happened if the younger version of Tornado Barbara was still around. So I thank my power every day for my family and their new belief they can trust this new me, that the chaos and destruction that I used to call is most cause is mostly gone. And I have to say 
that I carry the vision of God's with me and I pray it will enter my heart. And I'm so grateful to the caring EMTs who took such good care of me on the way to the hospital and the angels in the hospital who watched over me and the physician's assistant who stitched me up and was so gentle. Thank you. I'll just finish and gave me affirmations. Yes, Barbara, you'll be all right. Just trust me. Be gone. When you, when you take the alcoholic out of the, when you take the alcoholic out of the ick, all you left is the ick. And I don't want the ick anymore. With this beautiful power to support me, I will be able to go on and have this beautiful program with you at my side, my friends. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 83, The Spiritual Life is Not a Theory, press star 1 to unmute and state first name and last initial. We have room for probably four people, three or four. Roz G. Reggie O. Reggie O. Jean S. Jean S. And maybe that'll Claire be... Claire E from the UK? Oh, Claire E. We'll try to squeeze you in, Claire. Okay, great. Um, Roz G, Reggie O, Jean S, Claire E. Roz G, go right ahead. Good morning. I'm Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I'm in California. Um, well, what are spiritual principles? Um, like, like I've heard, it's you know, it's a bunch of BS. If uh, people don't really care what I eat, they really could care less. But I used to think that people did. But people care about how I treat them and how how the relationships that I have with people. And I did not live by spiritual principles before. I lived in selfish self-centeredness and jealousy of other people. That's pretty much how I lived. And I, I learned through these, this program what spiritual principles are. Kindness, patience, tolerance, and love. Even with people with whom I don't like. Because being a jealous B-word is not the way to live. So today, I practice living spiritual principles. Every day, I wake up in the morning and I ask God to direct my thinking, to direct my actions, that his will would be my will, you know, that our wills would be in sync, but of course that I'm living, you know, in his will. And that... I'm 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 just acting like a, a kind and loving person. I'm not always kind and loving to you know, because it asks me every night, were you kind and loving to everyone? And I have to really look to see how I treated people during the day. Because people do not care what I eat. People care how I treat them. And so I try every day to treat people with kindness, patience, tolerance and love. 
And I have to get up and ask God for the strength to do that because I'm powerless not over not only over my alcoholic foods, but I'm powerless over my behavior. I'm powerless over my character defects. With God's help and God's strength and through the seven-step prayers and asking God to help me to live the opposite of the way I used to behave, I have a much better care. I have a much better reputation among my um, co-workers. I have a much more better, much better relationships with my parents, my sisters, and my kids, and my friends. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Raz G. Reggie O. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everybody that's here. My name is Reggie O. Gratefully recovered today and living in Texas. Um, boy, this is really, I, I, this, this readings and sharings of this uh, step have been amazing for me. The spiritual life is not a theory. Uh, I've, I've lived uh, a lot of my adult life uh, in my mind, you know, in my mind, intellectually, uh, and I, I can get great intellectual passion about things as I have had about the big book and about a lot of pieces in the big book. And uh, I, ha- I have taught clinical practice with addictive disorders and was effective only because of the, you know, the intellectual passion. Um, and, you know, it's been a defense. Uh, it's been a defense. Uh, it's been so important for me to look good, you know, like even being able to say I'm recovered sometimes meant more than actually the actual experience of recover, being recovered itself, you know. Uh, the spiritual life is not a theory. I have to live it, and I don't live it in my head thinking about what I'm going to do or not do or this or that. And uh, it it really comes from my heart, you know. It's like these principles have to come from my heart, um, or they they sort of fall flat, you know. Um, and I've gotten a really good, um, re- I'm having a, a really powerful experience of that these past couple <clears throat> two or three weeks. In that, uh, my my sister got very sick and was ho- in Georgia and uh, was hospitalized uh, and. Uh, they tested her for COVID and she was positive. She's currently on an, um, she's currently on a ventilator <clears throat> and has been for about a week. And uh, there's one other, one other person in my family who has, uh, who has gone through 12 step recovery and that is her second oldest daughter. And I am watching this woman who lives in Florida uh, live this step. You know, what she does from her heart with my sister living, you know, living spiritual principles. I see it every day. I hear it every day when I talk to her on the phone, you know, or when I'm on Zoom in the room with my sister and uh, and her taking care of her. And, you know, and I, I'm the, I was the big sister always looked to for everything. And that's, you know, that's not my job today. My job is to, you know, my job is to do what I can do from here for my sister, for my family, <clears throat> to be of the, uh, to be of the, you know, the greatest help in this situation. And <clears throat> it's quite something for me to live, uh, let myself feel and live uh, sort of that, Head, head, head to heart. You know, let let the heart lead, and uh, and be in, you know, perhaps informed by the mind, or let the mind be informed by the heart. I don't know, but it, you know, it it has 
it has to be both. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I've had the opportunity and continue to have it to live and grow in this way. Thank you. Thank you, Radio. Jean S. Did you say Jean S? I did. Okay, thank you. I was on a meeting. Um, gosh, thank you all for your shares. Um, some of the sufferings and also some of the joys. Um, truly grateful to be here. Er- early on in my recovery, I, um, which was only several months ago, um, I, uh, I, I did take the spiritual life is not a theory to heart. Um, from uh, what I learned in the big book as my sponsor. And I was in an office depot, and I don't know, it's an office supply store, and and as you check out, there's candy, candy just lined up. And and, and it, it, looking at it made me anxious. You know, I'm, I'm not going to eat it, but the anxiety arose, and... I closed my eyes and, and prayed to God that I don't, you know, I'm I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. And the thought came to me, Jean, turn 180 degrees. And I turned 180 degrees, and it was a window. And I'm looking out a window, and that calmed me down. And I was calmer. And I was grateful to be reminded all the time that the spiritual life is in a theory. And most recently this week, I I was supporting a friend in very difficult circumstances. And I brought my lunch because I knew I'd be gone a while because I'd learned from my sponsor and the book to, you know, be prepared that way. And I, and, and it was a long time with her supporting her in very difficult emotions. And as I was driving home, I, the thought came, boy, in, in your old life, you would have gone to a bakery and and uh, soothed yourself with, with something delicious, but not healthy. But the thought also came to me because I, I was pausing. Thank you reminding me of that yesterday uh, pausing and the thought came go home and go to bed that's really what your body needs your body needs to rest this was a difficult time and I I came home parked the car walked straight up to the bedroom and fell I, 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 I think I was asleep an hour and a half and that's what my body needed but I wouldn't really have paid attention without pausing and that spiritual life is not a theory i'm just grateful i'm grateful to be reminded this every time i listen to this meeting every time i read the big book i'm really grateful for all of you gosh i wish you so well in your wedding <laughs> this weekend i'll pray and um, with that i'll pass thank you thank you jean s claire e are you there I know, yes, it's Claire. Okay. Hi, Claire. You only have like a minute or so. Do you still want to share, or would you rather wait till you get your full three minutes 
in the second hour. Hi, sorry, Claire. Me, can you I'm muting you. I've got just a little bit of time. Yeah, hi, can you I hear me? I can hear you, Claire. The thing is, it turns out we've run out of time. I was going to see if you just That's wanted okay. one minute or if you'd rather wait till you had a full three minutes next hour. That's okay. Don't worry. I'll, um, okay. have, I, have I still got a minute or is next that gone now? <laughs> uh, if you want to take one minute, okay, you thanks. could. Okay, well, let me do that then. Sure, I'll just take a minute. So I just love this paragraph. My name's Clary. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Um, every time I read this big book, there's different words that have different emphasis. And this particular time or this particular paragraph, what's coming to me is uh, we have to live it. Now, it's not them. It's not my family. My family aren't interested. I've got three teenagers. They don't care about spiritual stuff. They really don't care. What they care about is that I'm present, that I'm there, um, that I'm stable. I'm their safe harbor in a storm. I'm, uh, and, you know, for me, that's what this is all about is the emotional sobriety towards my family. And this definitely is my biggest amend over time, my living amend um, and something I have to work on all the time, you know, because my behavior talks foul larder. I'm not a great advert for OA or med meditation or anything to do with that. If I meditate and go up and yell at my kids, um, it's just very incongruent. So for me, um, this paragraph is where it's all at with my family um, is that I have to do it. I have to take the lead. I have to live the spiritual life. My life depends on it, not theirs. And um, that's what I endeavor to do very imperfectly every day. Thank you. And I'll leave it there. Thanks, Claire E. You were the last person to share and you did it nice and quick for us. Thanks. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Friday, September 3rd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,685. That's 17685. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Raz G, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Yes, I will. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>